0: Well, in January, we have taken the time to teach about the five core practices of our church. And these practices merit being repeated because they are the core of the neighborhood church. And, and Adam is the one who kind of came up with these. And I thank him so much because he did five so that you could fit them on your one hand. When somebody says, what's the neighborhood church all about? You just go, okay, one, what is it? Follow Jesus. Number two, love neighbor. Number three, grow to. You guys are so good. And and we did that in January, and Pastor Adam did a wonderful job of challenging us with that. Um, You know, Each of us is called to be a disciple, right? In in the New Testament, disciple is mentioned 269 times. It is basically the, the, the New Testament is about the disciples, by the disciples, and for the disciples. And that was as relevant back then as it is today. We have two more core practices to look at, to talk about, to teach. Today we're going to be talking about creating space. And then next week, uh, Pastor Adam will finish up with bringing peace. We did these last year, and I'm okay with doing them every year. They are so important. They are the skeleton. They are the core of who we are as a church. Now, creating space for God and others is is our fourth practice. And I feel like we in our community do a very good job with spending time with others, Uh, quality time, uh, spending time with each other over meals, taking meals. We do a pretty good job with that. So I'm I'm really going to kind of concentrate on creating space for God tonight. Pastor Adam and I teach from up here, but then we also encourage you to practice what is being taught, and we as well practice what is being taught. So a couple of weeks ago, we were able to take a group of ladies from our church somewhere over in East Texas, and the purpose of that visit was to spend two nights and three days at Muntenheimer Manor, we've got just a few pictures. Uh, this is in Mineola, Texas. Everyone made their way down there on a Friday evening. Um, we were there to really focus on spending time with God and each other. But we found that a lot of us are not accustomed to carving out time with God in silence and in solitude. And so we stayed uh, at this B&B was built in the 1800s, if you can believe it. And if you recall that weekend, we had like in the 20s. So the the main house itself was a little breezy. We all sat around with our little blankets around us and our coats on. Uh, And even during the night, I think at midnight on the first night, a big gust of wind came through and blew a window out in one of the bedrooms where four people were staying. Now, we're not sure what they did to cause that, but we were blessed because all the glass went outside and not inside. And the owner called their maintenance guy who came and boarded it up. But this was more or less a different type of retreat than what we've had in the past in that we were focusing, it it was actually a guided retreat, so that you were kind of given some information that you might want to use while you went out for an hour and a half and just spent quality time with the Lord. And that's scary in our culture. Would you agree with that? Because we're not used to silence, and we're not used to solitude, and I'm not sure we even have a a good look at what solitude's all about. Our children when they're growing up and they misbehave, what do we do? We put them in time out by themselves. And so we start framing it as a kind of a negative thing. You go sit in that corner and you be by yourself and you think about what you did. But we're here to change that because we are disciples of Jesus Christ. Um Pastor Adam and Pastor Bud and myself believe that this was an important weekend so that each person made preparation for children to leave for two nights and three days in order to give us an opportunity to encounter God. I'm so thankful for a church who supports this kind of activity and practice. Um, you dads, you you dads were heroes that weekend. I just want to tell you, uh, we got hugs for you for for you took care of kids so that your wife could have a totally um, detached weekend from the normal schedule. And thank you so much for that. And hopefully we'll be able to do the same thing for you next fall when you have your men's create space retreat. Uh, I've asked Crystal, I'm sorry, Kristen and Michelle if, if they would share just a little bit, maybe a word that they got from God during the weekend uh, so that you could kind of hear some of the experiences. If, if you girls would come on up, uh, I'm going to hand the mic over to them and let them just share a few, a few minutes with you.
1: Well, when I first heard about the Create Space retreat, my first thought was, yes, so excited. I couldn't wait to just get away for a little bit and have some time to rest and refresh. I just knew I was going to come back, a brand new woman ready to take on the world again. Well, um, God had something much deeper in mind than just relaxing and getting to spend some time with him. He was going to begin healing some wrong thoughts that I had had for years. I have always struggled with a really low self-esteem. And at the retreat, God began to heal my heart and my mind. Kathy had us do an exercise where we imagined spending time in the presence of God. And we even had to go so far as to gaze into his eyes for a while. That was a really, really, really hard thing to do. And our time alone afterwards, God began to show me the things that I really thought about myself. And they were very untrue, and they were very ugly things. And they were things that had grown some really ugly fruit in many areas of my life. So after a lot of tears and feelings of, well, what do I do now? And prayer, God began to show me his thoughts about me. And he began with Psalm 139, 17, which says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. That exercise and time alone with God became a new beginning point for me. God's still working on healing my heart. He's not done yet. My old way of seeing myself still creeps in sometimes. But God's reminded me several times since the retreat that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it, which is Philippians 1.6. And he's also reminded me that, um, that he's molding me daily because he's the potter and I'm the clay. So I didn't come back a whole new woman ready to take on the world, but I did come back beginning to be more who God's always wanted me to be.
2: Um, So God is really good. Um, He is very gracious. He... um, He's gracious in our strengths, and he's gracious in our weaknesses. This is not a strength of mine. I do not enjoy talking in front of people. Um, but I love you all, and I know you love me, so we're going to go with that. <laughs> um, so when it came time to, um, to sit down and have our first time of solitude, um, getting in the right mindset for creating space with God can be challenging. So I decided to prepare for that time. I wanted to look, I wanted that to look a little um, like what I wanted, and I wanted that to look a little like what God wanted for me. Um, I know I wanted to sit and not have to do anything, because I do a lot of things all the time, and I just wanted to sit and not do anything at all. Um, And to just process my thoughts as they came, which has been a recommendation that the church has given Um, whenever you're in these times and so I figured um, uh, so I figured out that with that all God wanted to do was to literally walk me through that process like step by step walk with me through that Um, and so I decided to open my Bible and after a few minutes the verse Joshua 1 9 resonated which was haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go I was also listening to. Um, oh, I did forget. I was going to show some words on my song. Can you pull up my phone really quick? I'm sorry. Um, so I was also listening to Hillsong United, their song, um, Shadow Step. It just kind of came on because um, I had some music going, and um, the timing was perfect because I sat and um, I sat back and I really listened to that song, and the words of that song. Um, This kind of resonated with me. It said, light up the way of your heart. Move me like you do the mountains. Move me like you do the wind. And I'll chase your voice through the dark. Fix my eyes on the unexpected in the wonder of your shadow step. And I won't be afraid in every way. You never fail. So have your way, hear God. And I'll sing your praise. Fix my heart to yours, ready for the unexpected, ready for what you will do next. Um. And and earlier we sang, You Make Me Brave. And it's amazing how lyrics to a song can be so relevant and resonate with you. Um, Between the verse and the song, I really felt like God was saying the words to me, let go of fear and make room for me. Um, It was the perfect start to what I needed to hear and how I needed to feel during the solitude. Um, So, not to get too personal, but... Um, So many of you know this, and so I decided I'm going to share so that you can see really how God's working. Um, With our first two children, I was elated to be pregnant and welcome another little one. But as much as I love my little Cohen, um, and I do, I was deeply fearful from the moment I found out I was pregnant with him. Um, So much so that I let that fear encompass me every day. Um, Some of the major decisions we even made together in those years, I made out of fear. It became so deeply rooted and entangled that I stopped seeing how it was affecting me. Um, About a year ago, something began to change. I had dinner with Amy, and little did I know, um, in that moment, a lot of my fears just started pouring out. um, And I didn't realize how much they had controlled me. That was not planned. (laughs) Um, Since then, God has been forming me and working on my heart. Um, Even in moments like these, he is forming me. Um, so I wrote a little more and I was eventually led to the scripture, Romans 12, nine through 21. Um, it's summarized, but listen to what God wanted me to hear. Love without hypocrisy, detest evil, cling to good, love deeply, outdo others in honor, be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord, rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction and be persistent in prayer. Share in others' needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless who persecutes you and do not curse. Rejoice and weep. Live in harmony with others. Do not be proud. Instead, be humble. Don't be wise by guessing what you think you know. Don't return evil for evil. Carefully be honorable to others. Live at peace with others always. Don't avenge yourself, but leave room for God's wrath. Vengeance and repayment belongs only to God. It felt like he was saying, you will naturally create space for me by being more like Jesus. Um, That was probably the biggest thing I took away from the weekend. So thank you, Kathy, for listening to God's call um, and setting up a retreat that was exactly what so many of us needed.
0: It was an amazing weekend, and I think from my perspective, um, going into it Friday, I saw these women coming with open hearts and expectations that they really didn't know exactly what to expect, but you know, this community is so loving and so just so good, and coming together and just having a space, having a venue where we could sit, where we could share, and sharing was so important. But Saturday, what I witnessed was the invitation from God for these women to come in and to sit before him in silence and in solitude, to be able to say God, what are you inviting me into? And then to come back after that solitude time, that silence time, and be able to share something on their hearts with the group, or they didn't have to share, and it was okay. And then to be able to spend some quality time with each other in games, and then to go back out and just to watch how God was meeting every woman where she was was just the most beautiful testimony of who God is, that he is there for each and every one of us. Um, I haven't always practiced silence and solitude. Uh, I think growing up in the youth department at my church, We called it a 15-minute devotion, tried to set aside 15 minutes in the morning to spend time with God. And I got to a place in my life where I actually was hungering more for God than 15 minutes. And I didn't know what that looked like. And as an adult, probably some 20 years ago, I began to experience solitude and silence. I took a trip to New Mexico to spend time in a Catholic monastery um, called Christ in the Desert. And I went there for five days to experience silence and solitude. And I would like to tell you that I went out there and had the most marvelous time, but it took me over two days to get a rhythm because I was so not accustomed to being in silence and just having that time before the Lord that I created the venue, I went out there, I was by myself, I was staying in the house, I would go up when the monks would, would chant, I would go up and chant with them. I brought reading material, the Bible. But the inner chaos within my mind, I could not settle down. All the thoughts that just crossed my mind because I wasn't practicing that for some time. And I want to say now that I crave that time of solitude and silence. And if you've never tried it, well, I won't get ahead of myself. You're going to have homework tonight. Um, but I want to look at 1 Kings 19, 9 through 13, and we should have this on the screen. Uh, this is a part of Elijah's story, and Elijah was a great, great prophet in the Old Testament, And we pick up where Elijah has just come through some of the hardest battles of his life, of confrontations and conflicts, and to be honest, he is just worn slap thin, as some people like to say. And he was looking for God. He was seeking God's face. And so we find him seeking God's face And let's read the scripture together. At at that place, he came to a cave and spent the night there. And then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He, he was at the point in his life of just giving up. I'm ready to go on. God spoke to him and said, Go out and stand by the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. Our wind that night at the retreat center was not quite as bad as this one, but we did have broken windows. And the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake came, a mighty earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle or his cloth. And he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave. And then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? You see, the prophet Elijah did not encounter God in the mighty wind, the earthquake, or in, even in the fire, but in the small, quiet voice. Now, we know that if God had wanted to talk to him through those elements, he could have, just as he spoke to Moses in the fire. A spiritual discipline is a concentrated effort to create some inner and some outer space in our lives where the obedience can be practiced. That's what a spiritual practice is, a discipline. And through the practice of a spiritual discipline, we become attentive to that small, small voice and willing to respond as we hear it. Our culture today seems to be practicing a non-spiritual description, discipline, of busyness. It prevents us from hearing the voice of God. I read some time ago that technology robs us of awe and wonder, and, and we get immune to that. And, and and we accept it as normal. We have to fight back. So we look at where Jesus was. Jesus lived a life of obedience, right? He was always listening to the Father, always attentive to his voice, always alert for his direction. You can think back in the Bible of all the times that he pulled away after being with multitudes of people. Sometimes being with the disciples, he needed a break from the disciples. He would go away. He would find a secluded place. He would practice solitude and silence with the Father because he was always listening for his voice. The core of all prayer is listening, obediently standing in the presence of God. Eugene Peterson said, um, The spiritual life is a long journey of obedience. Solitude begins with a time and a place for God and him alone, no one else. Matthew 6, 6 says, Jesus says, Go into your private room, and when you have shut the door, pray to the Father. Now, how many times have we done that? But we say we live by the word of God. I read Richard Foster's description um, of the importance of solitude. And and let me put this on the screen for you, but I want to read this with you. Solitude is one of the deepest disciplines of the spiritual life because it crucifies our need for importance and prominence. Everyone, including ourselves at first, will see our solitude as a waste of time. We are removed from where the action is because we live in a culture that over-glorifies success and uh, over-achievers. That, of course, is exactly what we need. In silence and solitude, God slowly but surely frees us from our own ego. And in time, we come to see that the really important action occurs in solitude, All the blare and attention of the world seems like a distance and fragmented echo. Only then we are able to enter the hustle and bustle of today's machine civilization with perceptive and freedom. Solitude and silence. How do you get there? How How do you even start? It doesn't have to be a retreat, although we hope in the in within the year to create some spaces and some times where where we can go and practice that and experience that. But in the meantime, where do you start at home? If you're a disciple and we talk about this and we say that this is one of the the core practices of the neighborhood church, are we practicing it? And so I want to challenge you with practicing it. Um, there are some sheets. Sherry, there's some sheets right here on the front row, and Sid, there's some sheets there. Would you pass those out to everyone? And don't worry, we're not asking for you to return these next week, and they will be graded. Um, You're not going to, this is between you and God, okay? And all that Pastor Adam, Pastor Bud, and I can do is to challenge you, to teach you, and to encourage you. So I want to encourage you to try before Wednesday night when you get with your neighborhood group, I would love for you to step out of your comfort zone and create space for God. And these are some suggestions of how to do it. Um, These are not exhausted. You can make a whole list of your own. These are only different ideas that you might apply so that you encounter God. And that's what you're after is an encounter with God himself. So tomorrow, Sunday, if you're not working, if you can... Shave off a little bit of time, and it doesn't have to be a certain amount of time. It can be 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. It's whatever you want it to be. But if you could find a private place where you won't be in distractions, where you can't hear the TV, can't hear the radio, and for goodness sakes, do it before the Super Bowl, okay? Okay so you can be back in time to watch that in your easy chair. But try sitting in silence for a few minutes. Maybe it's five minutes to begin with. Maybe it's 10. Or read Psalms 84 and read it four times with two-minute pauses in between. Or read John... Chapters 15, 16, and 17, and journal about two things that stood out to you from each of the readings. Maybe it's a word, maybe it's a phrase. Invite God to speak to you as you listen in silence God, what are you inviting me into? Or spend some time reading a spiritual book that you've had sitting up there on your mantle for about nine months. Spend some time. Go for a walk. Lay down if you need to rest. Why do we live in a culture that looks down on resting and naps? I don't know. Journal anything that you are sensing from the Lord during this time away. Listen to a worship song or sing one yourself, or better yet, write one yourself. Do something as a creative outlet. Just for the joy of doing something creative. If you like to paint, Rebecca brought all kinds of supplies to the retreat as an outlet to be able to do something for yourself that you enjoy. Write down any words or pictures you've received from God or any invitations to respond to God. Thank God for this opportunity to spend with him. And this is a guide only. Rest, rest, rest is one of the best parts of a day spent with God. Relax and enjoy this time. It's okay to put it on your calendar and make this a part, a protected part of your schedule. Put it on your calendar when somebody calls and says, can you do so-and-so, check your calendar. I already have plans for that hour. And then think about how you would like to spend your time with God. Don't force it. Don't think that the first time is going to be perfect because it won't. But set aside the time you decide. Enter the solitude and silence with an open heart. And practice this sometimes between tomorrow and Wednesday. And if God gives you something to share with your neighborhood group, take it and share it. We learn by each other. We learn from each other's sharing in groups. And that's why the neighborhood group is so important. We are all called to be disciples. We are called to, to be in the Word of God. Pastor Adam, we we are so fortunate, by the way, to have Pastor Adam, who is a phenomenal teacher and preacher of the Word. He has such a gift to be able to read the Bible and break it down into, into what we can understand. But he does not want to be your only source of the Bible. We should all be in the Bible ourselves, studying, finding the hard parts, asking about the hard parts. That's why Pastor Adam, a lot of times after his sermons, will stop and say, Do you have questions for me? Because he wants you to think, he doesn't want to just give you the answers. We are all called to be disciples. Would you join me with prayer? Lord, sometimes we want to hear your voice, but we just can't for all the noise. The voices of others, conversations, TV, technology, that all seems to be screaming at us. Help us to step out for a time out of this chaotic life. Into the dis- discipline of silence and solitude. Speak to us, invite us there, slow us down, and let us be attentive to your word. Amen. The peace of God be in your heart, the grace of God be in your words, the love of God be in your hands, the joy of God be in your soul and in the song that your life sings. Go in peace and love.